2% of high school students, um, most of whom are, are teenage girls, claiming to be transgender. So we know this is a very, very large spike that doesn't seem to make sense. And even stranger, it's clustered in friend groups. Teenage girls are coming out with their friends. Uh, so we know this is socially driven. Who dat? That's a woman named Abigail Schreier, who I come across now and then because she's a contributor with the Wall Street Journal, and she's got a book out called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And she makes it very clear that she fully supports the medical transition for mature adults. If you're an adult and you're a woman who feels like you're actually a dude or vice versa and you want to get the operation, you know, do do what you want to do. She's fully in support of that. Her book specifically looks at the sudden and alarming spike among teenage girls and trying to look at why that is and saying, look, the, the statistics would lead you to believe that there's a lot more people buying into this than actually exists in, in, uh, in nature. Right. I will tell you this, having raised two girls, um, my youngest daughter in particular was quite social. Um, the... Social dynamics of teenage girls ought to be like its own field of science. It's amazing. And as a dude, it's astounding. Um, you know, Jane Goodall should have spent her time observing teenage girls instead of chimps. Although she did some fine work with those chimps. Um, the fact that, and I know uh, Abigail Schreier gets into this, the fact that uh, bulimia and uh, it just flitted out of my mind. The other one, the other eating disorder. Anorexia. Anorexia, of course, yeah. Um, it's hell getting old, folks. Anyway, um, the fact that those diseases run in clusters, in friend groups, tells you something about the nature of teenage girls and their desperate need to belong. And it's easy to believe if people would kill themselves with anorexia because their friend is, I mean, it's easy to think that this sort of thing would catch on too. It's it's hip. You get praised so lavishly if you come out these days as I'm transgender. I'm going to do. You are you are hugged. You are supported. You are praised. You're given resources. It feels great to a certain part of a young girl's psyche. So, which is not to say there are no legitimate cases because I don't think that's true. I think there are some. But it's unquestionably a craze. So one person who is a trans woman complained on Twitter. One person with, I think, 1,400 followers. So you're a nobody on Twitter. Complained at Target on Twitter last week. I think the trans community deserves a response from uh, at Target as to why they're selling this book about the transgender epidemic sweeping the country. They put in quotes for some reason. That's what the book about is about. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, trigger warning, transphobia. And Target responded to that tweet by pulling the book off of its shelves. Even though, as I mentioned uh, last week, I saw the How to Be an Anti-Racist book, which is an actually racist book. Um, the is, Klan would be proud of it. Is on the end cap at Target. They're promoting it so heavily. Well, we got, uh, we got a, an email from a fan of Armstrong and Getty. Uh, that showed the gigantic posters promoting it and the anti-racist baby book up on the wall. And as you walked through the book section, you heard Ibram X. Kendi reading his book to you. That's how enthused Target was about those books. But so this book and where this woman looks at the science and the stats and says, I think there's a lot more girls believing their, uh, you know, they need to get the trans operation than, than is than is real. And we got a problem going on here. 
Um, that book gets yanked out of Target because one person on Twitter complained. That's when are corporations going to catch on to this? Well, they and, know how vicious that mob can be. They're afraid. I mean, they're cowards. How have but, they not caught on to the fact that you can just just ignore it? I wish somebody would try it and realize uh, nothing actually happened. Yeah. Make they're an innocuous boy- statement. If that doesn't work, say, uh, we'll uh, we'll respond to you in the next week. We appreciate your input. And just don't. And it'll just go away. Right. It'll just go away. But anyway, there was enough of a backlash that Target has uh, has allowed the book to be back on the shelves. Um, I wouldn't know where to find the book station, uh, uh, section in a Target. In recent years, teenage girls have been self-diagnosing themselves, claiming it's a da- back by the television usually for some reason. That's where the book section is at Target. Okay. Um, in recent years, tell teenage girls have been self-diagnosing themselves, claiming to have gender dysphoria, and, and doctors are just told to rubber stamp this, she claims in her book. A lot of them really don't have gender dysphoria, so they're unlikely to be helped by medical transition. And there was another study that came out a week or so ago we talked about in one of your prominent psycho- psychological magazines uh, about how... Uh, so many people who get this done are still miserable and then often kill themselves. Yeah. It's, yep. a, it's terrible. Uh, anyway, the ACLU came out in favor of keeping the book off the shelves at Target. The yeah. ACLU fought for book banning. I heard that last night. It actually made my blood boil. The ACLU has so perverted what it used to be. It just, everybody needs to know. I mean, it's like uh, Antifa calling themselves anti-fascist when they employ the very tactics of Hitler's brown shirts. I mean, it's too much. I wish I'd have had a daughter, but I'm not uh, like I'm not sad to miss out on all of raising a teenage girl and the and the, the possible landmines uh, because that that's that's tough. If you're if you're if your kid is struggling and they decide this is the reason, and in various states they have different you know ages of consent. Schreier's book explores the long-term effects of misdiagnosed gender dysphoria. Uh, the age of medical consent varies by state. In Oregon, it's 15, so a 15-year-old girl without her parents' permission and without so much as a therapist's note can walk into a gender clinic and walk out that day with a, a course of testosterone. And you know when she walks into that clinic, the activists say, yes, 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 and remove any doubt from that child's head. It's amazing. It's terrible. Again, uh, Target caved the other direction, put the book back on the shelves, and tweeted Friday, we want to offer a broad assessment from our guests and are adding this book back to Target.com. We apologize for any confusion. No, there wasn't any confusion. You caved to the radical woke left. Then you felt like there was more pressure from the non-radical, normal everybody else and uh, made a business decision. That's all there is to it. And just for my fellow strange rangers uh, of whatever stripe, perhaps you're questioning your gender. You know, you're not happy, you're a little alienated, you wish you had more friends, whatever. Um, and, and there's a danger in thinking, if I just was richer, if I had a better nose, if I had a bigger house, a cooler car, a hotter wife, uh, lived somewhere different, if I was a dude, yes, then I would be happy and well-adjusted and everybody would like me. And that's the dream a lot of people have. And they go ahead and, and get this surgery and then, as you pointed out, they come out the other end and they realize, oh, I'm still alienated me. I don't quite fit in. But now I've done this to myself. Here's the statement. That wasn't my problem, in short. Here's the statement from the ACLU. It's their deputy director for transgender justice from the ACLU. 
Abigail Schreier's book is a dangerous polemic with a goal of making people not trans. I think of all the times and ways I was told my transness wasn't real and the daily toll it takes. We have to fight these ideas which are leading to the criminalization of trans life again. That's ridiculous. A book about teenage girls but getting swept up in the in the idea of it. Uh, then uh, ACLU went on to say, stopping the circulation of this book and these ideas is 100% a hill I will die on. Wow. The yeah. American Civil Liberties Union has now come out pro-prior restraint, to cite the fancy term, censorship. Um, Unbelievable. Great, Scott, these are odd times. Grace Laverly, a professor of English at UC Berkeley, uh, tweeted that out and added the comment, I do encourage followers to steal Abigail Schreier's book and burn it. Wow, UC Berkeley professor now pro-book burning. I I don't know. How do you see things come this full circle? It's just, it's the humankind. The worst species, Homo sapiens. You people really need mental health work. Uh, the person you writing, need help. The person writing this article said, at a time when independent bookstores are nearly extinct, chain bookstores are endangered, and Americans' movement outside their homes is constrained by a pandemic, a handful of online realtors have outsized influence over the ideas which we have access to, and those ideas are being winnowed in one direction. That's pretty good right there. As Schreier noted, the Robin DiAngelo book that Matt Taibbi called a a, a, a horse-s, White Fragility, is, of course, on sale at Target. Leading liberals call that book horse-s. Right. And it's for sale at Target, but they were going to pull that book, saying, you know, maybe high school girls... Uh, shouldn't be getting these operations until we have better science on it. Or until they're 18 and can really, yeah. until their better judgment is developed a little more. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's too dangerous to point out that children should probably not make permanent physical changes to themselves, according to the ACLU. Yeah, it fit in with the, the conversation yesterday on, uh, I don't remember if it was Twitter or Facebook who they were talking to, but the idea that, you know, not allowing comments that question climate change. Right, because okay. that's dangerous. So the person running the company decides which direction a story is going and only allows information one way or the other. Oof, these are weird times to be alive. Well, you have to fight for your freedom, and a lot of our brave warriors get hurt fighting for our freedom, and they deserve our support in their hour of need. They deserve us to take them under their under our arm and support them. And because the government does not do what you think they do. They certainly don't do it in a timely fashion. And we, the people, have to be there for our wounded fighters. And we'll tell you more about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station in a moment or two. We're also going to talk to one of the folks who benefited from their programs. Uh, if you'd like to give now, if you haven't yet, go to armstrongandgetty.com and do it. Uh, do not miss the next segment. It's a week we raise money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. I know for a lot of you listening, you know exactly what that organization is and how great it is. Uh, But uh, we're on uh, a bunch of places we weren't on before and hopefully have uh, gained new people, places we already were. So some of you don't know what a fantastic charity it is. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. They do so many things for so many of our wounded uh, guys, our heroes uh, from... Uh, just togetherness and peer support. I mean, it, it just the list is too long. 
Um, and so to help convey it to you, we've been uh, talking to some of the fellows who've benefited from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Chris Lawrence joins us. Uh, Chris is uh, yet another injured warrior has been assisted by Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, uh, injured in Iraq in 2007, um, and, and back home. Actually, uh, you're a peace officer these days, aren't you, Chris? Yes, I am. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love the story that Sandy has told many times on our show about the whole modified cam combat boot idea that they came up with there at Freedom Station. Tell us that. So, uh, I was injured. I uh, had injuries to both of my feet. I actually ended up losing one of my legs. And I stayed uh, on in the Marine Corps for another two years after uh, I kind of got put back together. And, you know, one of the things about being a Marine is wearing a uniform and looking good in it. And uh, I went to Sandia and needed some help with a boot that I could actually fit, fit my prosthetic in and also my foot that I still had that needed a special brace. And Sandy was able to go out. Uh, Warrior Foundation found a, uh, I believe it was a saddle maker who modified the boots and put a zipper in the back so that I could put them on and off easier with my prosthetic. Actually, I couldn't even put them on before. Mm-hmm. So it allowed me to wear my uniform, looking like a Marine properly. Wow, that's cool. And and we also know that you are one of the guys, and this is one of our favorite things about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, that um, they provided a, a plane ticket home for Christmas. Well, how much did that mean to you and your family? That was so amazingly, uh, like, special, because that was actually the first Christmas I'd been home in my time in the Marine Corps. It was probably, you know, the first time in four, four or five years that I was able to make it home for the holidays uh, and actually being able to spend time with my family at Christmas, you know, the, the Navy and military medicine can you know, heal bones and stuff, but actually being able to see my family, it's, you know, it was good for my soul. It was, it was just amazing. And, and I can imagine how great it was for your family's souls. Also, the fact that you could be there for Christmas. Oh, heck yeah. 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 That's fantastic. How, how soon was that after you were injured in Iraq? Oh, uh, well, for a long time, I wasn't able to fly because, you know, uh, getting through the hospital and everything being broken and all machines. Uh, so it was, I think it was 2018. So it was uh, the year after I got injured in Iraq, I think. Yeah, yeah, wow. Or 2008, rather. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, as a dad, I can't imagine how how desperate your all your folks were to see you. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, have you gotten a chance some... Um, to see other guys going through Warrior Foundation Freedom Station and, and, and the help that they've gotten as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've seen so many guys go through there when they first got out of the Marine Corps or when they were transitioning out, staying at Freedom Station, you know, getting on their feet, getting a foothold, and actually you know, learning how to be you know, a, a person again, not just a Marine, and then go on and get their own homes and actually rise up and become outstanding citizens. You know, with the help of transitioning with the Warrior Foundation and Freedom Station. That is absolutely fantastic, because with, without Freedom Station, you, you, you get injured, you go straight to the hospital, and then straight out into the real world, as oftentimes yeah. a really young person with no experience in how you're supposed to do that. And Freedom Station is, the transition is the right word, to transition into that life. It's fantastic. Yeah, hey, Chris, yeah. We, we appreciate the time very much. We're doing our best uh, for you all as are our listeners. Uh, great to talk to you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. You got it.
And takes a lot of money to run an organization that does all this good, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We're trying to raise a half million dollars this week. At least. You just go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate any, you know, donate five bucks if that's all you, oh my gosh. Somebody donated, somebody donated under the name of Jack's pig-faced brute classmate from his childhood. Wow. I don't even remember that story. Wow. It's traumatized you, obviously. Pig-faced. Yeah, give as generously as you can, whether it's ten, twenty bucks, or maybe ten thousand dollars. Where my whales be at? Whales. Joe Biden's hair plugs donated ten dollars. Nice. Glad to see that. We got her. We're on the lookout for whales. First mate, Sean. Oh, we've got we've got a pod ahead of us. We got a uh, Russell with a thousand, Heidi with a thousand. Carolyn with a thousand. Tim and Cindy teaming up for a thousand. Nice. Uh, Geraldine with a thousand. Roger and Pookie with it. Look at it. It's, it's a pod of whales. Look at all this. Spouting their patriotism. That's what they're doing. Carolyn with a thousand. So uh, that seafaring music's really good, Michael. Well done. So a Warrior Foundation Freedom Station helps with post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, new prosthetics, rehab, changing identities, and and they do they save lives of our heroes trust us on this go to armstrongandgetty.com the the daughter of hugo chavez donated some money <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh and two we have both the frizzy hair of the lunatic and crazy lady at the park yelling at children donating <laughs> that's um, fabulous uh, school is essential business uh contributed oh that's awesome that's a great one go to armstrongandgetty.com armstrong and getty Show. I was just looking through some of the texts on the text line, which is the best place for them. Um, You're going to find them there. Sometimes I, you know, I get you behind. Fish word or fish. Sometimes I get behind, so I don't know what people are referring to, but somebody uh, texted, punch violence in the face. I'd yes. forgotten that old saying of ours. That's a good yes, one. Yes. Punch right. violence in the face. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, Newsom's apology was a three star, a Michelin three star word salad, which is pretty funny. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, We have pictures of the governor of California eating at the fanciest restaurant in the world. Uh, Dinner table events. Without a mask, not socially distanced, in direct contradiction to his lying apology he had earlier this week. His mealy-mouthed, lying, bizarre, hypocritical, excuse-laden apology wasn't even, like, accurate. Yeah. He, he threw some extra lies in there. Yeah, uh, We're all human. We all fall short sometimes. We have the pictures at armstrongandgetty.com. It's, you gotta, you got to check them out. You know, Sean had a theory earlier, and I think he's absolutely right. The, the, Trump's uh, the, uh, style has sucked all the air out of the room for any other like controversy that people would get worked up over. Be, be, and so there's just there's just not room for other politicians and other like scandals. It's there a national isn't. obsession. I think you're right, Sean. And um, because in normal times, when you're living through Great Depression too, and the governor of your state where two million people are out of work, and you've told people that they're not allowed to have Thanksgiving. When he gets caught being at the most expensive restaurant in the world. <laughs> with lobbyists. With lobbyists. Violating his own rules. Sitting pretty close to indoors with no masks, shoulder to shoulder with people. Just doing whatever the hell he wants. 
That's that's practically revolution stuff. You'd think that'd be a thing, as but, the kids say. But it's not anyway. No. Oh, so, you know what? That reminds me. I've got a great clip of Ted Cruz just laying into CNN anchor dope Chris Cuomo. We'll have to get to that eventually. <laughs> oh, so we were talking if about... If Ted Cruz uh, could just act fully normal, he would be the president. He would be my first pick if I was putting together a debate team. But if I'm trying to win over allies, he's not. he, he doesn't mm, seem... Yeah. Yeah, he comes off a little abrasive. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he's just he's a crazy smart guy, which means he doesn't fit in with normal people. Right, right. We were talking with about teenage girls a little bit ago in a, in a very serious topic, but um, uh, this kind of came up yesterday. It was picture day at my son's school, and um, oh, it's always a big day. <sighs> picture day, yeah. You got to comb your hair. Oof. Well, it's hated that as a kid. It's <laughs> it's different than it used to be, as a bunch of people have pointed out. Uh, you had. Like one good picture a year of you, mm-hmm. a couple decades ago, and True. that was the school picture. Now you have a thousand pictures of you taken by a high quality camera <laughs> during the year. I mean, just everybody's cell phone and everything. And they're like retouchable. It. the The idea of I need a picture to remember what you looked like in this grade. I've got I got a whole bunch of them. Yeah. But um, and I was telling my son how that when I was a kid, uh, picture day, they'd hand out a comb to all the boys. Yeah. Everybody had, got their own comb. How yeah. exciting is that? That's very exciting. <laughs> but can I was, go back to the switch, Dad? <laughs> he was having some trouble with the collar on his shirt for some reason on his school uniform shirt, and he was he was worried it was going to stick up something like that. And uh, he mentioned that when he got home, you know, they, 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 and 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 my wife had <laughs> told him, she said, "Well, just ask one of the other boys. Does my collar look okay?" And I said, "That's not a thing. <laughs> guys, guys, don't say to other guys, Is my collar look okay in this shirt?' Am I okay? That's just not something guys really do." She said, "Really, the girls do that in line for pictures. It's just constantly. Does my hair look okay? Do you think these jeans look me? Actually, will say that Does dress this make is look? so cute." Yeah, I said, yeah. "I realize that, but that's not a thing guys do in line for picture day." No, does my hair look okay? Sean could wear, as long as you didn't go with, like, the howling wolf at the moon, you could wear the same shirt 11 days in a row and nobody'd notice. Right. I think I have done that. (laughs) Hilarious. The howling wolf shirt, I would notice. (laughs) One thing, since I mentioned school uniforms, um, I've always been more or less in favor of them just because um, I was... I didn't care that much, but I was slightly resentful of all the cool kids who had the cool clothes in school and... Uh, I'm not sure if I'd have had the cool... Well, I am sure that if I'd have had the cool clothes, it wouldn't have made any difference. My style was funky, <laughs> eclectic thrift store. <laughs> my style was style. very <laughs> similar to what my older cousin Craig wore, because hand-me-downs were a thing back <laughs> In then. In fact, it was precisely <laughs> what your older cousin Craig wore. You know, my son has fully embraced thrift store, um, well, eclectic. He's the greatest bargain hunter on earth. I'm very proud of him. He's you f- making okay money now, too. But You find a, a sport coat at a thrift store, take oh, it to please. somebody to actually just tailor it just a little bit. It costs yeah. you like maybe 20 bucks or something. Right. Oh, right. It's, you're looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that stuff is, you know, it's the $350 yeah. sport coat. When I was in college, I, uh, I've told this story many times. When I was in college, I'd buy white dress shirts at the thrift store because there's a gazillion of them because old guys die who had white collar jobs and all their white dress shirts go to the thrift store. Mm. Um, uh, and you can get them for nothing. And then I would dye them various colors. I'd just buy some dye and then I'd have a bunch of red shirts, and a bunch of blue shirts. Wow. <laughs> and it was, it was fantastic. Wow. Mr. Um, Crafty. Uh, and poor. Mr. Crafty and poor. Yeah. It's really a. 
necessity being yeah. the something, something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so with the school uniform, I always thought, you know, I kind of like the idea that everybody's the same. But at least at my kids' school, they don't have a rule really for shoes. They can't be um, like ratty and torn up and beat up. But your shoes, you pretty much get to wear whatever you, you want. Do those shoes that are sometimes roller skates <laughs> down the hall, Heelys. And yes. uh, my son was talking about one kid, and I said, huh, why, why is he so popular? He said, I think it's because he's got Air Jordan 1s, and everybody thinks that's so cool. So even with the school uniform, the fact that you get to choose your shoes, the one boy that's got Jordan 1s is cooler than mm-hmm. the other kids. So yeah. it goes clear down to just the shoes. What anyway. about the kid with Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sending Not my, popular. And I'm sending my son to school in Crocs, unfortunately. <laughs> I blame the parents. <laughs> so Barack Obama's book finally came out yesterday and people are starting to read it and I'll probably actually read it. I read Barack Obama's first book. I remember coming in after I read it and saying I there's no way this guy's going to run for president because there's no way if you're running for president you would say this stuff in this book. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was uh, uh, amazingly refreshing that a politician with ambitions was willing to point out things that, you know, were obvious flaws that he recognizes in his own life and his thinking throughout his life and say it out loud. Mhm. Um, I thought that was, and, 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 you know, I expect he'll continue to do that. Now, I was very disappointed that there are some sections of the book that leaked out. Uh, I think that was part of the 60 Minutes feature, but the, the stuff where he blames all kinds of different things on racism. Really, dude, you actually think the opposition to some of your plans in Congress because you're black. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. Look at the opposition to Trump. Look at the opposition to Bush. Look at the opposition to Clinton. The other party hates racism. The other party hates that president's plans. It's just, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. I actually read a chunk of that book yesterday where he was describing what it's like to live in the White House that I found really interesting. Oh yeah, and I'm looking forward to the uh, the part on uh, when he first met Putin. Sounds good, but I thought this was pretty good. Somebody was tweeted out this segment, uh, Barack Obama's book, where he says. Now, I don't know all these names. I'm not going to pretend that I do know all these names. I'm not smart enough to recognize all these names, but I think you'll get the gist. Looking back, it's embarrassing to recognize the degree to which my intellectual curiosity, those first two years of college, paralleled the interests of various women I was attempting to get to know. Marx and Marus, I don't know Marus, so I had something to say to the long-legged socialist who lived in my dorm. Fannin and Gwendolyn for the smooth-skinned sociology major who never gave me a second look, and Foucault and Wolf for the ethereal bisexual who wore mostly black. <laughs> Foucault, by the way, is the inventor of critical race theory. Ah, nice. That um, uh, James Lindsay going to tear America about. apart. Yes. All the stuff that he was reading was super lefty stuff. I mean, like crazy out-there lefty stuff. But anyway, as a strategy for picking up girls, my pseudo-intellectualism proved mostly worthless. I found myself in a series of affectionate but chaste friendships. <laughs> That's pretty good. That stuff is pretty right funny. There. Yeah, I was uh, seriously considering running for president until I read uh, the section of the book yesterday. I found out uh, the first family has to pay for its own groceries. What's the point of being president? I thought all that food you could get twenty four hours a day. I thought that was on the house, the White House. You pay <laughs> for your own food? Yeah, yeah. And you, if you have, you know, if if I'd gotten elected when I had three kids and there were only two beds, I'd have to buy the third bed. If you want to go back to your golf course yes. and stay in your house, you get flown in a giant gazillion-dollar helicopter. Or Correct, plane. yes. But if I want to eat, i got to pay for the steak? Right. That seems weird. Weird's one word for it. You yeah. can go to your own home and play golf or yes. fish or whatever it is you do, chop yeah. wood. Yeah. Um, I can send Air Force One to pick up my buddies on the way. 
at the cost of millions of dollars. But yeah, if Judy and I say, yeah, you know it would be great right now, apple pie with a nice scoop of vanilla ice cream, they'd hit me with a bill. I can decide I want to go see that play across town, and they're going to shut the streets down right. in the middle of workday traffic. Across town? I'm going to go to the original production in London. But if I order a cheeseburger, right. I'm paying for the bun. That's hilarious. If I want one more bourbon at the end of a busy day of presidenting, they're going to hit me with the tab. Come on. What's, I wish, the, again, I wish, what's the point? I wish somebody would keep track of that and then, you know, release it 20 years after they're dead or whatever to protect them. But the, mm-hmm. the list of everything every president ate or drank <laughs> would be awesome. This must be why Trump ate at McDonald's all the time. It's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, because they had to pay for it. That's why I'm eating KFC. I'm on the, I'm on the hook for this. It's called the dollar menu. <laughs> I didn't get a billionaire, but get to be a billionaire by eating uh, at the French Laundry. Exactly. I'm having KFC. Exactly. So Ted Cruz kicking Chris Cuomo. We'll have an update on Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Uh, all sorts of good stuff. Heck, we got more good stuff than we could possibly cram in. We beg of you. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I might have to jam and check it on a total for Freedom Station uh, this hour because it's looking pretty good. Still got a long way to go. Long way to go to get to 500,000. Yeah, I uh, I dropped the ball. I sent Sean the wrong audio of, of uh, Ted Cruz and uh, and Andrew Cuomo. Um, uh, Cruz got into it with his brother, Chris, the halfwit on CNN. Um, the Cuomo trying to hint that the vaccine wouldn't work because it was under the Trump administration and 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 blaming the deaths on their political opponents and the study just gave him a, a good solid ripping. He said this there is something disgusting the Democrats are doing that Joe Biden does that you do, which is to try to blame the people who've lost their lives on your political enemies. And that's just not right. It's not right at all. And it's not it's particularly not right, Chris, when your brother has presided over the state with the highest death rate in the country. His his brother, Andrew Cuomo, who's now out touting his book on how great New York's COVID response was. I mean, that may be the most obvious political ploy I've ever seen in my life. This guy had a disaster in New York City. Probably wasn't his fault. I mean, or at least, you know, everybody was searching in the dark for what to do about the thing. Flailing, yeah. Although ordering uh, the nursing homes to take COVID-positive people killed many thousands of people. Oh, that's rough. Horrific. And so he realizes he's utterly ruined his his, uh, political future unless he can counter the truth with a brand new narrative and so he quote unquote writes a book and releases it still in the middle of covid it's the same year still on how great their response was it's like i say it's it's bold it's a little obvious so there's a new poll out today that says 58 percent of americans are willing to take the vaccine which is not a high enough number the real thing is that it's down from the summer when it was up over 60 percent so there are fewer people now than there were then Moving down. The um, Pfizer announced Listen today. To you coughing. You got the vid. Oh, Lord. Pfizer announced today that, um, hey, 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 remember our vaccine that's 90% effective? Then Moderna came out with 94% effective. Ours is 95% effective, according to our new tests. Moving and no side up. effects. I have a feeling Moderna is going to come out later today and say, oh, yeah, ours is 100% effective, and it makes you an inch taller. Mm. 
mm. as the uh, who's got the better virus or vaccine wars continue. Surely, Big Pharma would not lie to us or mislead us. But that's all oh. good news. Yeah, I mean, if 60% of people did take the thing, then you combine that with the people who've already had the vid. Or those so young and healthy, they don't give a damn, and they'll get it eventually. I think we'll be in good shape. So last week, one in 300-some Americans tested positive. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just that much testing going on is amazing. Have you had a test? No. I've not had a test? I'm going to this weekend. Has anybody on this show had a test? No. Last time I tried, it was still in the you do not qualify for the test phase. I don't know if that's changed yet. Mm. And you're going to get a test this next week. Yep. Otherwise, we can't go in some of the places we want to go in on vacation. And then you're quarantining when you come back? Sure I am. Somebody asked if Gavin Newsom is quarantining for 14 days after exposing himself to more than three households and more than 10 people. Funny. In a closed space with no masks. He should, according to his rules. Yeah. Well, his rules are not for him, clearly. Yeah, I don't know. I might might work from home for a while. Got my home studio a-rockin'. It's funny you mentioned that. This is kind of a funny... Uh, isolation would prove tough for many. If you found out you had to isolate for 14 days, um, a third of Americans say it would be very difficult. Why would it be difficult? The biggest one is too many other obligations. That's mine, by far. I got things to do. I got kids to raise. I got a job. I got all that sort of stuff. Sure. That's by far the hardest part. Yeah. Unable to miss work. But then concern about being isolated from others for a quarter. No. If if I could have an excuses free, look, you can't. The doctor says, the law says, you can't be at work. You can't take care of your kids. You got to be isolated for two weeks. If I could uh, take <laughs> away all my guilt because I have no choice, right? Oh, I'm going to rock that two weeks. Oh yeah. You give me a guitar and a smartphone. <laughs> it's two weeks is over already. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. have no problem doing that. I, did, you know, I would love it. I don't know if I'd want to be completely alone. You know. Uh, it'd be nice to have the wife around, but you know, yeah, two weeks. Time. <laughs> this was early on in the in the COVID era, era. But one of my favorite tweets that just really sunk home with me is: a lot of people who claim to be introverts are about to find out they're not really introverts. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah, it's it's like uh, everything. There, you got your uh, sixty forty introverts. You got your eighty twenty introverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to thank uh, Uncle Dick in the Deer Stand for donating. The Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Somebody donated under the name Doris Roberts' dying wish. I don't, I don't remember where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I believe that is a combination of the Doris Roberts infamous interview on this show, right, which lives lives on, with the modern uh, RBG dying wish meme. That, that seemed to be a blending of uh, of some sauces there. Apparently, <laughs> somebody oh, was that a whale. We got a whale sighting. Oh, my goodness. Look at it. We got Yarr. mom and dad of a Marine dropping $5,000. That's, that's, that's the biggest oh. whale we've seen all day. Well, then we got to do an update. Gladys, hit the drum roll. What is our latest total? Get down, Gladys. Gladys? Whale, shut up. Gladys has a harpoon in her hand. <laughs> she dozes off. Nice job, Gladys. What's our total? $248,864. We're heading toward a half a million, at least by Friday. We are behind. We are officially behind. We are concerned. I know everybody's just, dispo- I'll, I'll do it when I get a minute. Don't worry, fellas. I'll do it. Well, take a minute. 
It only it literally takes two minutes, I think, uh, online. Just have your credit card ready or your method of payment of choice. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. It could not be easier. Including a donation from somebody by the name of Harvard Goldhammer, where I don't care if that's real or not. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can, Harvard Goldhammer. You can stop the hammering. Under your own name, uh, uh, anonymously, a funny name. Uh, the daughter of Hugo Chavez, one of my favorites. Anyway, Owen, two or, or this person feels good to give. Dropped in a hundred bucks because you know what? Nice. It does feel good to give. Yes, so it does. did Positive Sean. Too much talky talky. Donated money. <laughs> hey. Um. Uh, wow. So you know, there's multiple ways to get there. It's if everybody listening donated five bucks, we'd get there like in a half an hour. Or the whales couldn't come in. You couldn't say talks too much. You got to say talky talky. Too much talky talky. <laughs> like right there. Oh, yeah. Now, we've been yelling about the whales, but if everybody could give 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks, I mean, we'd reach our goal and do amazing work for our wounded warriors when they need it most. A donation from a sardine, because steady sardines swimming together equal whales. Is that a haiku? It might be a haiku. Wow, look at you just throwing out haikus <laughs> off the top of your head. Anyway. Oh, uh, look off the port. Look, there's another one. Wow. Kimberly. What $2,500. Oh, I saw him. Just another whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be dining on sweet blubber tonight. So Ohio has now got a curfew, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. You're not allowed to leave your house. A bunch of other states are doing similar things because of COVID. Yeah. Yep. Plenty to talk about next hour. Armstrong and Getty.